long day I got a lot to say It feels like I'm carrying a two-ton weight I go see a friend Hello, I'm Monsignor Patrick Winslow. And I am Father Matthew Kauth. And we are speaking from the rooftop. A podcast brought to you by Tan Books, in which we invite you to join our conversation out here in the open air. Where we look out upon the world around us from the rooftop of the church and share with you what we see. Makes me Hello, Father Winslow. Well, hello. It's almost like we just spoke. <laughs> almost as if. <laughs> just oh, picking we're up the thread. Picking yeah. up the thread. Mm-hmm. And where shall we go today? Well, you know, I think the new year is on the horizon. Mm. So, you know, oftentimes we start thinking about in that octave of Christmas uh, about New Year's resolutions. We think about obviously the feast of mary mother god and of course the christmas feast right you have um john the evangelist you have saint stephen the holy innocence the holy Holy family mary mother of god i mean there's a a lot going on yes and and then you have a christmas season beyond the octave and most people are taking down all of their christmas gear at new year's day january one january two two We we are known not to do that. No, we pretty much go until uh, February, (laughs) at least. (laughs) We can last that long Mm -hmm. because the old the old season did in some ways stretch all the way until the uh, the visitation, the feast of visitation, which uh, is when February second. There you go. I'm sorry, not the visitation. I said visitation. The candlemas, candlemas, and the uh, the presentation. Right, right? the presentation candlemas. So. It's had some different names. And, and then St. Blaise after that. Saint People Blaise. do remember the St. Blaise. So you bless the candles, the candle right. mass. That's right. That would enter the Christmas season. And then the day after, everyone would get the St. Blaise. Do you know, as a Catholic, I never had the St. Blaise. I never knew what the St. Blaise Bethany was. It was my first assignment uh, up in New York at Blessed Sacrament in Albany. And um, there was a, we had a school. I assume it's still there. And the Feast of St. Blaise came along and, I was supposed to go over to school and bless throats. And I was like, bless what? <laughs> bless the coats. Why, why am I blessing throats? <laughs> you had never, even in seminary. No. So this is what kind of no. place you might have attended. I, no, I, well, no I, 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 what did I know? You never had your throat blessed did they as do it? I don't, a Catholic. Did they do it in the seminary? Maybe they did do it. In, I just remember, they, I remember, at minimum, I remember thinking it was a blessed sacrament. Boy, when I was a kid, I, this never happened, at minimum. I thought maybe it might have been a surprise, but maybe we did do it in the seminary. People, people I love things know. like that. They love the throat blessings, and there used to be. Of course, there's a, out for the there's a there's a series of different blessings you would give out yeah. on different saints' days throughout the entire year, mm-hmm. um, and things you would bless not just in terms of persons, but their items, their fields, their. Um, that has been similarly lost, which we're, we're trying to recapture There's, at the seminar. I'm trying to put these things yeah. on the calendar because um, all we have left is blades. And people, <laughs> that's true. And people do love. They do love these. They do. Uh, these sacramentals, as they're called. I was always struck by Ash Wednesday. I think any priest is. Because yeah. um, it's actually not a holy day of obligation. Um, and not that I want to talk about Lent in this class. Right, season. right, right. 
But that being said, when I was in a uh, downtown city parish in Washington, D.C., we gave out ashes and services. I don't, it was all day. Yeah. Because everyone would come. It doesn't matter if you were Catholic. Everyone came to get ashes right. back then. And I'm, I think it's kind of still the way now. Sure. People want something. If you're, you're doing some kind of sacramental, people are all about it. It's just like sort of visceral, natural religion. It is. It sense. is. Yeah. I, I, want, I want skin in the game here. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, here we are, though, at the Christmas season. And we have the Christmas octave. And then, you know, the few weeks to follow that lead us up to the baptism of the Lord, which he was baptized as an adult. Uh, so we we do a rapid jump from infant to adult, um, and then we bring in what is now called ordinary time. So we have this Christmas season in which we have the beginning of a new calendar year. So oftentimes begin to think about New Year's resolutions and how to approach the year differently. It's not a bad line of thinking, especially coming out of Christmas when we're trying to reorient our souls and our minds uh, toward Christ. Uh, it's it's a good actually a good line of thinking don't they say it's the it's the number one time which people sign up for gyms yes it is <laughs> i'll be sure to or do they it. buy they buy a uh, elliptical machine to put their oh, clo- yeah. to put their clothes on you should always buy your exercise equipment used because it's been barely used <laughs> that's true <laughs> some is brand new exactly oh heavens well that so have you come up with something that you're going to do? Is that what you're hinting no, at here? No, I'm just trying to get into the I mindset. I can give you things I think would help your life. I'm sure you always have. And what do I do with what do I do with good advice? Uh, I you, pass it along so it doesn't get wasted. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> I think that typically people, maybe this is an overstatement and generalization, but I, I think that in in the main, any of us, whether this is a sort of New Year's sort of a thing or any sort of conversion moment, I think one of the hardest things for us is that we we see something new that we need to do. We come to grips with something and we get excited perhaps about a new life in, in, in any kind of conversion. Um, even if it's something as mundane as I have to stop eating this way or whatever. And we don't see any gains because we, we bite off perhaps more than we can chew and so we, we fail. I, I think it's a good recommendation for anyone if they're considering something along the lines of an alteration in their prayer life, in their social life, in their um, areas of their life that, that they see have gone off the rails a bit. Just begin where you can actually win um, and not begin where you're fated to lose. That's the thing I think about the exercise thing. I'm right. going to go to the gym four times a week. Um, and I'm going to spend an hour and a half there and yeah. blah, 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 blah. But it, you can't do it. It's the same in your prayer life. You don't tell someone, okay, you don't pray except for, like the, the classic Catholic prayer life is, um, might get a rosary and once in a blue moon and I go to mass and I get to mass and we watch this happen. Someone makes a sort of a, a, an odd genuflection. They kneel down for 30 seconds um, and then they read the bulletin. That is not a prayer life. Right. We, we spoke about this before. Right. Um, but to, if, you were, if you were to make a resolution, and you should, to increase your life with our Lord in prayer, don't begin large. Just begin small. What can you actually accomplish? Well, it's like going to the gym. Yeah. Right. You know, you know 
throw up 300 pounds on this bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's begin there, right? <laughs> I'm going to succeed at that. Yeah. No. You throw on some small weights, something that you can manage, develop the muscle, grow the muscle, and then bef- you know, before you know it, you might be putting up you know, big weights. But that would be proper for you at that moment yeah. and not proper for you before. It would crush you. In advance. And then people become discouraged. You know, in that sense, I think one of the reasons why people are kind of queued up, not just because of a calendar year, it's a new beginning, but also because, as we've discussed uh, previously, that Christmas is a season of hope. And as we immerse ourselves in that season of hope, hope being realized mm-hmm. in the incarnation of God and promised uh, um, by, by virtue of the kingdom to come, we want to start realizing the hope. You know, we want to start realizing that new life. We want to start realizing the good. And so it kind of matches up. It runs in parallel yeah. with um, the beginning of a new year, the opportunity to start something new. And I, there's a type of synergy, I think, that happens in, you know, in that moment, a recommitment. In that sense, it's a real nice cue up for Lent because you know, as Lent rolls around pretty quickly thereafter, uh, you're kind of in that, yeah. should be in that mode to, to redouble our efforts and to begin again. I love that expression, to begin again. To begin again. To begin again. Um, and every time we begin again, hopefully we're a little further along the line, further down yeah, the road. And I think it's, there was a principle that I loved, I read in one of the fathers of the church, which he calls a, a recirculatio. Um, and what it means is a sort of, we're never, we're never beginning again from the same position. Right. We're beginning again from a different position and sometimes not where we would like to be. Mm-hmm. But it's not that it's just going back to the start. And so a retricolato, imagine if you, if you were going on a straight line and you began to go up. If you're drawing a line, you begin to go up and then back on yourself in a circle. And you hit some of those same lines again as you move as you actually make pro- progress past that circle, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, so you're not- No, it, it makes no sense at all, but I understand the concepts, but your your line image is completely oh, it's, awesome. Oh, it's, be- it's, it's, it's actually rather exquisite. Am I, is um, it like a coil where I'm rising? Well, you can do that, but okay, okay. so if you're, if you're on a plane and you're drawing a line on a plane- I'm on a, a plane like an airplane or a plane of paper? No, a plane, geometry, plane. <laughs> geometry. Okay. If you're on a plane, right. on a flat surface, flat and you're drawing surface. a line. Yes. And then you would take off like a plane. Imagine if you want to. Oh, now we're doing an airplane. Well, because this Can works we call for you. an airplane an airplane? Airplane. Plane. So, so you're on a here's plane. an airplane. It's going down the tarmac. On a plane. The airplane <laughs> is going down the tarmac. Okay. Or going down the runway. Uh huh. And takes off. Yes. Now, what if it were the kind of plane, like a jet, you know, fantastic war fighter plane okay. that could actually do a 360? Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When he comes back down, if he were to land. Yes he would land where he had actually been taxiing. Yes. Right? Yes. And then keep going forward and yes. take up again, take up again. You wouldn't land but, back at the same stop, really. Not quite at the same stop, Maybe but you would, you would cover different. some of the same ground. You'd cover some of the same ground. And the, the, the point, but still moving probably the, a little more down the line each every time. time. And what the fathers of the church, the, this particular father wanted to say is that God will represent things to you. Um, to begin again. To begin again. Yeah. And it looks and sounds like something you experienced before. Echoes. 
it, it echoes, it, it rhymes. It rhymes, yeah. But it's it's your chance to make it new. And so it's that's and it's an opportunity. I love the line in, in the book of Revelation that he makes all things new. Yeah. And that, but because because of his grace, you don't have to just start again mm-hmm. and start from scratch and try to make something of yourself. You have grace, especially in this season, that you can actually when you're when you're back at not at square one, but you're back where you were before. Um, but you're different, and grace is different, and you can actually redo that thing and make it fruitful in mm-hmm. a way it wasn't before. You know, it kind of reminds me of my freshman year of college, when when it came to academics. So my first semester, I didn't really go to class. I didn't do. I I did whatever I wanted. Classes were just kind of there. Uh, the result was a 1.7 GPA. Mm. That was the result. The following semester, I make a real interior uh, dispositional change with respect to my classes. Um, The result was a 3.7. So it was just a quantum leap, uh, a real dispositional interior change. But the thing is, I remember before the first semester, exam time was fraught with anxiety and frustration and disappointment. But the next semester, as I began again, the exam arrived, the echo of the past, quite literally with the subject of accounting because I got an F in accounting. (laughs) I don't even know why I took accounting, but I got an F in it and I took it. So I retook it for the second semester and I got an A. And which was great because it erased my F and put an A in its place. It's nice to go from a, yeah. you know, a zero to a 4.0 in my, you know, your GPA. <laughs> but um, I looked, when, I, when the exam came around, whether it was that or calculus, because I was taking calculus at the time, I, I, I was excited about it because it was an echo of the past, but this time I was prepared and I wanted... Mm to rise to the occasion. You got a new chance. I wanted that. I mean, it was actually kind of pregnant with with joy and gratitude. It was different. I realize I'm just talking about a test, but if you take that parallel and apply it to life, yeah. these these as you say these rhymes, these echoes, these circular motions of going back as we grow and that circumstance comes around again, we're thrilled it's not going to be that way again. Mm. It's going to be different this time. And I see him, I see the Lord, at least in my own life, I'm sure you do too, taking my past where there were failures and sins and things of that nature. And you don't just want to look back and say, well, there's nothing I can do about it now. Right. It's the beautiful thing about Catholics and repentance. I actually can do something about it, both in terms of the effects that those sins have caused, which we call classically temporal punishment due to sin, the things that I've every sin I've ever had right, committed um, affects everything on some level. This is Dostoevsky is being responsible for the whole world kind of thing. Um, but even more than that, if I ask for it, and even if I don't ask for it in many ways, God's grace can actually give me a new opportunity to take what I what I didn't do before, to learn, as you did with your mm-hmm. exam, and say, now use what you know. Right. And here's the power to be able to do it. 
And that just brings new life into your life in right. a way that it never did before. It glorifies the wounds of the past. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah, and it, it brings since good of it. Since you've sinned so much against me, mm. I'll be looking for resolutions in the new year. Mm. Um, and I'll give you new opportunities to be able to make up for those. Well, that's an interesting way to see it. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I recommend to you that you find a new way of looking at reality. <laughs> I'm just trying As to be generous with the opportunities. Yeah, right. Right. Speaking of which, I don't know why I just thought about this in terms of the new year. Maybe I was thinking of harvest and fruits of the harvest. Did you have some planting that you have over in the seminary, like fruit trees? And- we do. We have, um, of course, they're all dormant right now. Um, and They've we, been on the ground for like a year or two, right? Yeah, they're doing well. We have Are they? apples and pears and all kinds of nuts. The interesting thing about planting nut trees is that I actually won't see them. No. I won't get anything from them. Because it'll they be take that forever. long. They take forever. And to do something like that for people that you don't know, I just love that about the church, right? And traditional sort of societies. that I'm going to do something for someone for 20 years from now or 30 years from now that I will uh, not receive. Um, we have all kinds of different fruit trees going up. And, what kind of nuts did you plant? Well, you know, there was a pecan tree. Really? And um, there's several other different kinds of nuts, some that you would want at table, sure. others that we would probably just use to feed the deer kind nice. of a thing, as a, almost as a deterrent. Um, some right. of our fruit trees are high-value fruit trees for, yeah. for deer, so lest, uh, to keep them away. lest you keep them away by their means. And I'm not even sure they're going to eat these nuts, but that's what I was told. Um, I never <laughs> seen deer eat them. But the fruit probably trees, squirrels eat them, have but. they started to bear fruit? Um, a couple of the Tastical. trees have. Um, so we have uh, the obvious mulberry tree. It just took off like gangbusters. Is that right? Um, I think a huge fast. Mulberry. What's a mulberry look like? It's like like a blackberry. Yeah, but yeah, a bit like that. And so then we have. Do they taste um, similar. Uh, sort of. And then we have um, the fig trees all did well this year. Did they? Yeah. So we had a nice harvest of figs. Gosh, remember we had the fig tree over at St. Thomas. That the raccoons. It, what did you call it? A Dairy Queen for the raccoons. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> because it was, <laughs> did I ever tell you? I think I told you about that. I was at I was the rectory by myself one time, mm-hmm. um, and it was at night. I don't know where you were, but it was a stormy, stormy night. And in this rectory where Father Winds and I lived, um, we had this sort of uh, porch, and it was a glassed-in porch, but it was like surrounded sunroom, by windows, really. like a sunroom. And the fig tree was at one end of that. And it just was gargantuan. You called it something like... It was hitting the windows. It was huge. The thing was out of control. And it would have hundreds of figs on it every year. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes in North Carolina, figs can produce twice. And so it it was a feeding trough for all kinds of animals. And we didn't really eat them Mm -hmm. or, or harvest them. It just got in the way. Well, and certainly they never had an opportunity to ripen. For the reason about the so, reason for which we are about to explain, it's a dark and stormy night, uh-huh. right? And all of a sudden, a lightning flash hits. And lightning flash, I saw something in the fig tree. So I went over to the window and I'm staring, but it's so dark out, I couldn't see anything. The next lightning that hits, there's I'm face to face between a, plane, a pane of glass between me and a raccoon. We're staring at each other. <laughs> Which is a little freaky. Um, but we, we both just stood there um, staring Shocked. at each other, st- staring at each other. And it, it really is just our kind of nose to nose on the glass. Mm-hmm, so we, mm-hmm. we were probably two inches away from each other. And um, eventually he got disinterested in me, <laughs> which it, I can understand. And went for the figs. 
<laughs> so he went, he grabbed a fig sort of leisurely, gingerly, and ate it in front of him like, you can't do anything about this. Yeah, exactly. And then I saw him crawl Taunting. off very gracefully the tree. I'm like, okay, well, that was a pretty, really interesting encounter. Went back to my chair and was reading a book and another flash of light and I saw him back in the tree. But this time he was with seven of his friends. <laughs> And there were so many raccoons in the tree, they, they, they completely ransacked oh. it in one fell swoop. Yeah, yeah. It was a Dairy Queen. The Dairy Queen. It was, it was nature's Dairy Queen. Oh, it's pretty boy. awesome. No, but, you know, I was, I was just thinking about that because, again, that's, that, that begin again, it's, it's naturally reflected yeah. in, the in something like a tree and, and, yeah. and produce, even the seeds and beginning again. It is naturally represented. I, yeah, I... I I feel like a bit of a farmer now because yeah. I, I have some land and I, I love farming. I grew up on a farm until I was six and I'm not very good at it. Um, but now that we have things that produce fruit, even mm -hmm. we had some olive trees and they produced a bunch of olives. Mm. And, um, I'm excited every year now um, to see how things grow up because it's in the wintertime. Like you're not upset that things are dead. You realize they're doing their thing and it, it creates this sort of excitement about what's going to happen this year the moment the sun turns our land a bit warmer um so last year for example we did we did a huge bed of garlic which i'd never done before mm -hmm. um i think i mentioned about scape pesto before oh yeah yeah, talks. Yeah, yeah yeah incredible stuff yeah. but i noticed i didn't get I think any it's of this the year. first time that i ever planned i'm sorry um, you won't probably get any next year. <laughs> I'm sure. I saw the garlic so stalks. I, I can't stop it. I can't. I mean, once I make that pesto, it's gone. People go crazy over it. Yeah. So you have to call me. I will be happy to do so. Um, if you haven't made it before, please do. But it's, well, you have to grow the garlic. You have to grow the garlic. Yeah. You can't go buy garlic. Um, but it was such an edifying thing. I, I think about persons that actually, the, the danger they had is that they didn't grow something, they didn't survive. Mm -hmm. um, there's an added uh, fear component. For us, it's just it's just a right, hobby. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to live off the things I would like to be able to do that. But it is so fascinating and rewarding to grow something and to take care of it. Well, you know, it, it, it's, it reminds me of the philosophical distinction between an artifact and a natural form. Mm. And, you know, there's something about farming and growing things where you know you're 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 engaging in a natural form yeah whereas we we tend to we see food prepared and deliciously prepared and no doubt amazingly prepared for christmas and you know now with new years and everything that's a great thing to have lots of those little finger foods for your new year <laughs> new year's eve celebration but it almost comes off like an artifact mm. you know in the sense that I mean, I guess it is in a sense that you're taking a natural sure. form of your, but, but you forget that what makes that possible are these natural forms, you know, where they come from, you know, where does that apple come from? Where do these nuts come from? You know, where does the sugar come from? Where does this flower? And we're just so enamored with that artifact, the thing that we're putting together and creating these amazing foods. Um, but I should have said it almost comes up like as merely an artifact, mm -hmm. as though it does. It's not predicated on these natural forms. Of course, all of them they are, of course. And there's just something closer to the divine, you know, in in, in watching the the life cycle of a natural form, like an apple or an almond or a pecan, and see the tree produce its fruit. 
you just get close. It's just you just get closer to the creator. You do, and for for me, this this experience has has brought out the fact that um, you know there's a line in the Mass, for example, that talks about a, a rational sacrifice. You know, because we're all sort of natural priests, mm-hmm. and creation cannot offer itself up to God in a knowing fashion. It can't know that it's doing it. It can't therefore will to mm-hmm. do it. It does by virtue of its nature, fulfills its nature for the most part, mm-hmm. and that gives praise to God. But when you and I walk around and check on the pecan tree and assist the growing of the apple tree, or that's all know, we're doing, trim and, <laughs> and assist, but we actually are doing it rationally. Right. We're offering this thing up and assisting it to be what it mm-hmm. needs to be, and sometimes even making it better than it is, oftentimes actually, on its own. And so our artifice, in a sense, the work of human hands, is in accordance yeah. with its nature right. to raise it up. And that was the whole Tolkien thing about you know, the, the, the sort of quote unquote magic of the elves was to, to make things more what they were, mm. to raise them up to a higher level, um, to take a grape and make it the perfect grape, mm. um, and not just let it go um, into like a fallow field. Um, and you have that sense that I'm caring for something and, and with rationality, with the way God has made this thing to be, using my own rationality for whatever the failures of the grape is a true tree, the cooperation. Tree, cooperation. Right. Yeah. Now you really feel like you're mm-hmm. you're a bit of a steward. And of course, what did Adam do? We put him in a garden. Of course. Put him in a garden and said, take care of the garden. Exactly. As uh as someone who's co-operating, yeah. you know, with with the creator. It's really extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, truly. So before we go, yes. Do you have a New Year's resolution? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Um, you know, there's always the the usual stuff of revolve around health and redoubling your efforts and those. And it's actually a better time to do it than Lent, right? Because Lent really ought to be spiritually rooted. Um, mm. You know. It's if you're going to do the the sacrifices that have the kickbacks like better health and exercise, doom is New Year's resolutions primarily. Um, yeah. You know, don't hijack <laughs> Lent for your for your your your, yeah. your weight goals. <laughs> exactly, don't hijack Lent for that. Or to, as Father Winslow will no doubt tell you as we approach it, don't do penances that make everyone else miserable. That's right, exactly <laughs> because you're completely ruining it. You're not going to get any spiritual dividends. Because of the harm you're introducing to the world, well, I, you know, I, I would say, I mean, one of the things that I'd like to do is to make sure that we are more regular, so that we have at least one of these coming out every week. Mm. Uh, you know, and the kickback on that for us is it forces us to break out of our our rigorous yeah, we routines. Stop and look at things. You know, the and and to talk because. Yeah. As you know, our our routines, the treadmills that we get on, they can kind of take over. And so it's hard. So the nice thing, the real kickback in you and I doing these things together um, is that we get to have a legitimate reason to to break out of the routine. So there's no reason why we can't, I think. No, I agree with you. I'm more regular. I'm I'm really pleased. We've heard from so many people. We really have. As we go around the diocese that... People us, who get it. They get it. They yeah. bring us into their cars. Those are the cool people. They're going they for a walk, it. listening to the talk or whatever else from the rooftop. <laughs> like my um, mom, my dad. Both you know, of them. My, my brother's sisters. Yes. Your dad oh, is yeah. hoping we're going to mention him again. So. Oh, well, like he's a 
Um, he's a regular character. But it's 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 great. It's 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 one way of extending our friendship, as Father said, and, and to be with you. Um, in addition, I just I do want to throw out uh, at this time of year a thanks again to to Tan for for doing this for us, for putting these things together and getting them out there in a in a, a palatable form for you all to mm. be able to find them and receive them. For myself, I'm, I'm I want to do the same sort of thing. I actually bought an hourglass, mm. and I was talking with someone the other day about this that. Part of the difficulty of of the treadmill or of the vast amounts of means we have now of, of, of communication, that which we have to keep up with in terms of communication and the multitasking or whatever they call that now, that yeah. you don't have time to really think deeply about things. And I, I, I want to make sure that that doesn't get lost. And so what I'm attempting to do is things that have nothing to do necessarily with with that which is my job, which I'm, I teach, and so that helps. I, I'm right. forced to think about things like this, um, and that, that's helpful. And every priest on some level is a teacher. You're always teaching too, even if it's a different topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanna have an hour. I think it takes an hour to really stare at something. Um, and so I literally bought an hourglass, and mm. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to sit down three days a week at least and flip the hourglass and choose a topic. Think about it, write about it, and maybe study about it too. Sure. But just to examine the thing. Um, I find those moments to be the most fruitful when I do them in prayer, but also when I just do them as a, as a, um, for example, if I got a talk coming up about a different topic. It's, it's, I love doing that, sure. sitting down and saying, let me just, before I like study and everything else, we've said it enough, let me just stare at this thing for a little bit. And um, intellectual life is so important to it the is. spiritual life. And, and- I think it takes an hour before you have really deep, considered thoughts about something. Well, you know, maybe someday. Maybe for me it takes an hour. I was going to say, maybe someday you'll get up to my level and (laughs) you can knock it out in five minutes. There you go. (laughs) Well, God bless you all. Have Uh, a blessed uh, rest of the Christmas season. Absolutely. We'll see you in the new year. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of From the Rooftop. For updates about new episodes, special guests, and exclusive deals for From the Rooftop listeners, sign up at rooftoppodcast.com. And remember, for more great ways to deepen your faith, check out all the spiritual resources available at tanbooks.com. And we'll see you again next time. From the Rooftop.